guys, and welcome to What's Good. What's good is that we got all that mess sorted out. So let's hop right back into today. We have into today, into today. We have some good stuff for you today, especially on What's Good. That's what it's all about, good stuff. First off, today is Boomerang Church's 12th anniversary, 12th birthday. I don't know why I was trying to say anniversary. It's our 12th birthday, guys. We have that, oh, look, there it is, all fancy and stuff. We are 12 years old today. That's so exciting. Next up, so you may be getting tired of this. <laughs> you may be getting tired of all the space stuff. And if so, I'm sorry, put it in the comments. And if you enjoy it, definitely put it in the comments. But last night, there was this thing called a triple conjunction. Um, it sounds like grammar, but it's not. <laughs> grammar and space got mixed together, and I could not be more happy. But it was Saturn, Jupiter, and Mercury. Look, there they are. Oh, it's so exciting. So they all came together in like this triangle thing and like super duper close and were super bright. It's great. So I think... I think that's Mercury and then Saturn and then Jupiter, because I think Jupiter is the largest one. But either way, there they are. They look wonderful. Good job, guys. It's not their fault, but they didn't, <laughs> they didn't do it. But good job anyways. They stuck there. All right, next up, we have something that I may just add to my Christmas list for next year. And this is a cookbook by a bearded dragon. This bearded dragon has his very own cookbook. His owner just had a bunch of extra time on her hands during all of this quarantine stuff. And she had been writing, she's a chef and had been writing a cookbook for 10 years and just never got around to doing it. So then she had this extra time and apparently she just decided that her bearded dragon liked to pose in front of the camera. So bought him a little hat off of Etsy and just started posing him. You guys need to look up these pictures. This is just one, but she's got them posed with like, with this one, he's, you can't see the full picture, but he's got right here, he's got some biscuits and gravy, and he's got some with some soup and some like little, oh, it's, it's so cute. So he's got, I think, 100 um, recipes. So this is a pretty good, he's pretty talented bearded dragon. Next up, we have a man who just decided he wanted a new hobby. And instead of drawing, he decided that he would use leaves and like a little X-Acto knife. And he started like cutting out these leaves and making art out of them. So just as a hobby, like that's a lot of extra time on his hands. But he got really good, so good that Disney hired him to do stuff. So he's made stuff for like Zootopia with like their, their little characters and stuff. It's crazy. And he'll sell some of the stuff and give it to charities. But guys, this is a lot of talent and it makes me feel bad that I don't think I can even draw a straight line without a ruler and he can do this. But all of that aside, good job, dude. Next up is this man was an amateur photographer, an amateur photographer, and he and his wife were taking a walk on one of the Finnish beaches in Finland, and there were these ice ball things, some of them as big as soccer balls, and he's lived there like all 25 years of his life, never once seen this, and apparently it's when 
uh, ice gets in the ocean and then like gets tossed around so it makes it nice and round like a snowball. It's crazy, it filled up this entire beach, like millions of ice balls on it. It was really cool. And I think it's super duper rare too, but he caught it. Lastly, and most importantly, is this past weekend we had our soul winning Saturday and we had 97, we saw 97 souls, one committed to the Lord, praise God, that's 97 people we will see in heaven. Their eternities are completely changed. Praise God. Put the little praise hands. I don't know what they look like. Woohoo! Put the little praise hands in the comments. That's awesome. And this has been What's Good. If you have good news, if you see anything on the internet that you think that would be good for What's Good, I think Abby would like that, go ahead and send that our way. and Maybe you'll see it on the next segment of What's Good. Well, now we're going on to our next segment, which is Say Anything. Guys, this is so much fun. So stick around. We're going to be back at you in just a couple seconds. Welcome to Say Anything. This is the segment where we say anything. <laughs> William says, ooh, some funky music has a transition. I, I'm telling you, I like myself some nice funky music. My favorite, guys, put in the comments, I know this is random, but what is your favorite transition music? Like, going into a segment, which segment do you have, like, your favorite transition music? Because mine, for sure, is the one going into what's the word. Because, like, there are times when... That just hits, oh, hits my spirit. that is yeah. a good one. Um, anyway, <clears throat> with that being said, this is time for Say Something. This is a newish segment. Serena dropped her phone. phone. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. Ding. Um, so here's how this segment goes. What we're going to do is um, one of you guys are going to start with a word, and okay. then you just keep following up with a word. It doesn't have to have anything to do with the previous word. You just okay. keep going back and forth, back and forth, until someone... Um, until someone kind of stumbles, and then you put a piece of tape on their face. Okay. Um, Mr. Will's like, what's the tape for? <laughs> it, yes. Oh, also, do you like our nice green scotch no. tape? All right, so, Serena, I'm going to have you go first with I the first word. I have a strategy word. with this. Oh. I'm not going to share it right now. I'll share it afterwards. I think your strategy, strategy is, her strategy is she's just going to say a sentence. No. No. That's a good. That's a good strategy. <laughs> but here's the thing: if you say the same word twice, you lose. Uh, yeah. So. So if she says it. If, I can't. If both. Mm -hmm. If okay. she says it, she can. If you say it, you can. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And if right. you if you, you stumble can't... a little bit, pause a little Ooh. bit, mm -hmm. then I yeah. I get to tape. And uh, you can't say blue, blues, bluey. <laughs> blue is not, not a word. But you know you can't say multiple versions of the same word. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's start. Word number one. Serena, go. Puff pastry. Black. Apples. Gray. Oranges. Yellow. Green. Orange. Tape. 
Oh, you said orange. She already said orange. Dang it! All right, Serena, you gotta put a piece of tape on Martin's face. What you were saying? Can I make it super long? <clears throat> yeah, you, you can make, do, whatever do whatever you want. You, want. you can put it wherever you want. You can put it wherever. You can put it wherever. I'll take my glasses oh, off, so you can do this. <laughs> <laughs> if you want that, you can. There we go. Beautiful. All right, let's start. start Marky will start this okay. time because she lost. The last round. Okay. <laughs> Alright, go. Chair. Coffee. Table. Chocolate. Stereo. Bubbles. No, that's, yeah. a, that's a hesitation. Alright, Marky, you Did play. I like stumble you with the word stereo? I, really, no, I was gonna say chair and you said chair. I really appreciate the word the words that William's putting mm. in the cup. Is this legal? <laughs> you cannot put it over her mouth. <laughs> Again. Like w William's got like anti-disestablishmentarianism. Uh, Abby put Amsterdam. We got the Hague. I don't even know what that is. Djibouti. Vladivostok. Um, <laughs> stock. I don't know. All right, Serena, you go first. Okay. Okay, this go. Is glasses. Bell. Tablecloth. Cup. Coffee. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> I said a word though. <laughs> All right, piece number two on Marcus' face. <laughs> You can't even tell that there's tape right here. Oh, it works. Make it nice. I was gonna say make yeah, a nice cross. Yeah, you can cross. actually like tape so, like, it down and stuff. Um, but it's fun because as you talk, it just goes like, poof, poof, poof. You're putting like, it on hair. <laughs> she just put it on her eyebrow. Putting it on my eyebrow. Fun oh my story. Gosh. I super glued a ma mask to my eyebrow in college and lost half of my eye. Oh, that's, that's when we met. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right, let's do one more round. All right, okay. I will have Serena go first. Okay, shirt, sky, pants, ceiling, socks, window, shoes, blanket, heels, blue, phone. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but <laughs> is not a word. All right, final piece of tape. Does that mean I won? That means you won. Yes. God, well that's done, Eddie. awesome. <laughs> So can I give a little goatee thing that comes on? There you go. <laughs> well done. All right, well, guys, thank you for joining us today for this segment. Say something. No. All right, now we're transitioning over into Confessions with Bear. We'll see you right there. Today, confessions is a type of prayer. Did you know that? It's not just, you know, like going and confessing things negatively. Confessions is a type of prayer where you take the word of God and then you speak them over your life. You confess them over your life. And because it's a type of prayer, I, I like to ground us with scripture when we do confessions. And so today, we'll have this be your scripture today. Jeremiah 29 and verse 12. 
and it says, you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. As we speak the word of God over our lives, as we're coming to God with these confessions, God is listening to us. And the word tells us that he watches over his word to make sure that it performs what it's called to perform. So today when we say these confessions, you're not just speaking out a sentence. You are speaking life and life in abundance. You are speaking the power of God into your direct situation. And things are changing by today's confession. If you believe that, then put that in the comments right now and say, things are changing for me today. Amen. As you are typing these, we're going to put these uh, first two confessions, confession number one and confession number two. We're going to put them on the screen. And I want you to join your voice with mine. Let's say these together and speak them together over our lives. Confession number one, if we'll go ahead and put that up. This is one of my favorites. We walk in the full manifestation of our inheritance in Christ. Amen. And then confession number two, and I'm going to tell you something special about confession number two in a second. You're probably going to want to say it twice. We are out of debt, and we carry a debt-canceling anointing, and we flow in supernatural abundance for every good work. Now, with this confession in particular, you know, a few years ago here at Boomerang, supernatural debt canceling, that anointing came to Pastor Brian, and he began to pray, and we as a church pray and sought the Lord and believed the Lord to see supernatural debt cancellation. And in one year, the ministry didn't have any debt, but the people that attended the ministry, they had some personal debt, some things that they were believing for the Lord to erase in their lives. In one year, just one year, in a church of at that time about 40 to 50 people, we saw over $900,000 of debt supernaturally erased from the people of Boomerang and the partners of Boomerang. Well, that same word came to Pastor Brian again this year as the Lord was talking to him about it. He said, this is another year of supernatural debt cancellation and you get to be a part of it this year. This year, the Lord has debt canceling things on the horizon for you if you will make it yours. Now, knowing that, knowing what the Lord's already done and that he doesn't do things smaller the second time around, let's say this confession one more time. Grab a hold of it, make it yours. This is yours for this year. Confession number two. We are out of debt and carry a debt-canceling anointing. And we flow in supernatural abundance for every good work. And Lord, right now, I speak to the people of this broadcast, the Lunch Plus people, the What's Right partners, in the mighty name of Jesus, may they see a quick canceling of their debts, a quick and supernatural canceling of their debts. In the name of Jesus, bring a manifested harvest into their hands now to see those debts erased and Lord supernaturally clear them out of the way. Let there be no bondage of debt that holds back your people in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. That's for you. That's for me. And I'm taking it for myself. I just prayed myself happy. I hope you did too. I'm going to hand it over to buddy Serena, who's on a roll right now. And Abigail, as we hop into what's the phrase 
Guys, over to you. It's time for what's the phrase. Now, guys, put in the comments. Do you think Serena's going to start a winning streak today? Yes. Or do you think Abby's going to end that streak? <laughs> I am still pretty confident I'm, from my I'm, last win five I'm, minutes ago. So if you don't know, my wife is a little competitive. Yes. So I'm just kind of nudging a it. Bit. <laughs> I'm provoking a little bit. Anyway, here's how this game works. What we're going to do is we're going to put a random series of words up on the screen mm -hmm. that uh, if you just read it, it makes zero sense. But if you say it fast enough, you're actually speaking a well-known phrase or something right. that you probably said in your lifetime. Yeah. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to put the, the phrase up on the screen. I'm going to read it out loud. And then they're going to probably mumble it really quickly to themselves <laughs> until one of them figures out what the phrase is. But guys, if you in the comments figure out what the phrase is before they do, put it in the comments yes, and help them out because they might need your help. You yes, never know. Me. All right, let's put our first uh, phrase up on the screen. Here's what it is. Tooth her, mac her, rain her. Tooth her, mac her, rain her. Tooth or, tooth or macarena? Tooth 30 mac and cheese. Macarena? Mac, tooth 30. William's tooth, trying to get do it. The yeah. Do the macarena. Do the macarena. Mr. Will. Yeah. Mr. Will. <laughs> do the macarena. Mr. Will was dancing behind the camera, hey, so. Yep. Yeah. There it says, go, okay. ladies, I am impartial. Uh, he has to say that. Serena, you, you were close with macaroni. I know. <laughs> yeah, what's on my mind? <laughs> yeah, food. Yeah, food. That was my strategy for yeah. last game was food. I'm just going to say everything that I'm craving. <laughs> all right. All right. Right now it's one Abby, zero Serena. Uh, all right. Okay. Let's go into our next phrase. Okay. Damp obey floor eater. Damp obey damp. Damp obey floor eater. Damp obey Damp obey Tampa Bay, Florida. Tampa Bay, Florida. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, Serena okay, did say it. She quietly. said it like three times. Yeah. That's how I, that's so how I, I got it. <laughs> that's why I got it, because she was like, Tampa Bay, Florida. <laughs> I'm like, oh, she hasn't said it yet. <laughs> you technically said it, which is why I'm giving it to you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, it's one to one. Head to head, it's a close race. Let's jump into our next okay. phrase. Phrase number three. Don Duff, Mice Tough. Don Duff, Mice Tough. Dawn of my Don Duff my stuff. Don Duff my stuff. Guys, help them in the comments. Don't touch my stuff. Oh, Barrett got that too. Good job. Did you get it before you saw Barrett? Yeah. Nice. Don't. I just heard. I heard the my stuff at the end. Yeah. So that's how I got it. All right, it's two to one. Let's jump into our next phrase. Okay. Phrase number four, canoes, he, wad, ice, he. Canoes, Ow, that he hurts. Canoes, he, Canoes, he, what I see. Canoes, he, what I see. Can you see what I see? Hey. Oh, we're going Can Christmas on this I thing. <laughs> it's two to two. You know what that means? It's time for a tie break. This is the last one. This is our final okay. one. 
the winner of this one. I don't cheat. Wins I don't cheat. This segment. All right, let's put I'm our final phrase up on the screen. Marriage proposal. Marriage proposal. Oh crap! <laughs> Guys, we need your help in the comments because I don't know who got that one first. I was so pleased with that. I know. Abby. As much as I want to beat you, I'm yes. so pleased with that. <laughs> Jen yes. said, "Y'all are are good." I'm still working on the first one. <laughs> Guys, um, I I need your help in the comments because I can't I can't choose. Who I won? can't choose that one, especially because my wife is one of these. And yeah. Which means he's more partial <laughs> to her, which means if we're tied, then I probably won. Can, can no, we call That's it? not what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, guys. The first person um, to put up in the comments who you think, uh, Arabelle says, says I think they tied. I guess we, we'll give. We can we'll, tie. We'll, Good we'll, job. Yeah. yeah. Baird says, I think they legit that. tied, so we'll do a tie. That was, that, I was very pleased with that. That was fun. Yeah, well I done, guys. That, that was yeah. that was intense. <laughs> I hurt my throat so much. <laughs> this is a dangerous segment, apparently. <laughs> it is. All right, well, guys, thank you for joining us for What's the Phrase. Now I'm going to hand you over to Barrett, and she's going to give you some quick announcements before we jump into today's word. Pastor's going to be talking about how to get out of your head. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. But right now, before we get there, let's talk to Barrett. that you have to come talk to me now. Like, I like chatting, so this is chit-chat time. Guys, we have exciting announcements for you. What happened to my voice? I just sounded like an 80-year-old person who's been, like, smoking a pack a day. Like, I'm, I don't know what happened right there. Super sorry. Came back. <laughs> Here's what we have coming up. This past weekend, we just had Evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth Jr., here at Boomerang with us. It was basically an appetizer for this upcoming event, Kickstart 2021. We've been telling you about it. We're going to keep telling you about it because if last night was any sort of indicator about what sort of meetings we have in store for us, they were powerful. It was a powerful night. And February 7th, through the 12th is going to be Kickstart 2021. Evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. and Pastor Brian, they will both be here ministering tag team. One will do tithes and offerings one night, one will preach that night, and then they'll switch back and forth. It's a, it's a, it's a really, really cool conference, unlike anything I've ever been to before. And we want you to be a part of what God is doing because his plans for this conference are big and huge and we don't want you to miss out. You can come, you can send us a message. We'll tell you which hotels are the best ones to stay at. We actually have special rates at both of um, the, the main hotels here in town. So if you would like to come and stay at a discounted rate, send us a message. We'll tell you what those codes are to make that happen, but that's the 7th through the 12th. Travel down, be here, it's going to be awesome. And with that, oh, sorry, <laughs> a pa pastor said something, so I thought he had another announcement. With, okay, with that being said, I'm gonna give you another announcement. Here's what has been happening here at Boomerang. Impact University just started back up. If you were unaware, we actually have an accredited Bible college here at Boomerang where you can come get an accredited degree and it's inexpensive 
And here's the best part about it. You get to learn about the Lord in a way that you probably have never heard about the Lord before. We want to show you a really quick video about it too. So give me just a couple seconds and you'll come back and we'll chat about it. If you're ready, go ahead and cue it. Impact promo video. If you would like to sign up and be a part of Impact, then you can go to impactyou.org and fill out that very brief survey that's on there. It'll send all our that information to us and we'll get in touch with you about that. The spring semester just started last week. It's not too late to enroll. So do that quickly and we'll get in touch with you. Now, are you ready to hear what's the word talking about how to get out of your head? It's going to be awesome. Pastor, if you're ready, we're going to hand this train over to you. Get out of your head with Pastor Brian. Welcome to What's the Word. Like the broadcast, share, subscribe, hit the notifications, get notifications. I want to say hello to everybody. I see Miss Charlotte just jumped on there. I see uh, my mom is there, a lot of people. Put in the comments who you are, where you're watching from, and we're so excited. Today we are talking about how to get out of your head. Get out of your head. Uh, this is one of those topics that's very important. Um, it's a lot more important than people think. It actually trips up a lot of people. Thank you, sir. And uh, a lot of times people are actually uh, moving through life and they think that they're hearing from God and they're not hearing from God at all. It's actually nothing but their thoughts which are based on a corrupted world. And this is a major problem because they think it's the Lord. They think the Lord's behind everything. Uh, and it actually is quite an issue. And uh, so what's interesting today is, you know, I've actually found that the Lord led me down this path some time ago, and he showed me what to, you know, how to make the changes. But the issue is, <laughs> I didn't know how to relate it to others. And you are actually getting something that I would say is hot off the press. Uh, this is actually something that as I woke up this morning, I was just praying and talking with the Lord. And he downloaded something into me that I think will help uh, a lot of people. And uh, so what I'm basically doing is I'm... I want to help you realize how to get out of your head and get into the spirit and, and 
basically live in that flow of the Spirit. But here's the funny thing, and this is, this is an oxymoron basically, but it's really uh, interesting, is I'm going to teach you logically how to not live by logic. <laughs> I'm going to teach you, uh, I'm going to help you understand how not to understand. <laughs> and um, so, but what you'll do, you'll catch uh, what I'm talking about. And see, I did this and I went through this process and learned how to do it for myself, uh, but I never had good words on how to explain it. I, I never had really good words. I've actually asked the Lord, how, Lord, help me to teach people how to understand. Now, a, a large portion of this is learning how to yield to the Lord. And yielding to the Lord is actually uh, something that you want to do, uh, yielding whether you understand it or not. So if you will get yielding in your heart and yielding in your spirit, uh, and you'll capture that, then you'll start to understand how to put down the mind and put down the thinking, put down the emotions. You learn to yield no matter what you see. So that'll be one of the steps of getting out of your head is learn to yield when your head is bucking what God is saying. Uh, this is a very important thing, and I found this actually to be a very uh, a challenge with people that are cerebral, uh, people that like to think a lot, people that are good thinkers. You know, a lot of times people are sitting there, and and I want you to see this: their strong thinking ability when they start to move into the flow of the Holy Ghost actually becomes their weakness. Right? Many times. Many times, and you can put this in the comments, a physical strength or a worldly strength becomes a spiritual weakness. And the reason for that is they actually will yield to their default, which has been their strength, instead of stepping into the things of God. So a worldly physical strength can become a spiritual weakness. Okay, so what happens is they will say, you know, they'll get into a jam, like they'll agree with it, they'll amen it on a Sunday morning, uh, all of these things will be happening, but then all of a sudden, uh, they'll, they'll be amening, you know, hey, we need to live by the Spirit, but when pressure comes, they will yield to their default strength that they've grown up with, and they'll go right back to their brain right back to their brain. And uh, I've, had, I've had to deal with this, and I learned how to do it, and I actually have uh, I've stepped out of that at times and caught myself, and then, you know, gone back to it. Let me give you an example of that and see if anybody uh, can actually uh, relate to this. So, recently, uh, I've had uh, for quite some time now some involvement and uh, done some trading uh, with Bitcoin and some of the cryptocurrencies and stuff like that. Well, if you know anything about that right now, it's, it's a, not a normal time for that. And over the last month uh, or so, uh, even Bitcoin's like gone up like four times. And uh, yesterday it started to drop back, but other coins have done the same. And generally I've done really well with those. I've increased what I've had, but I've noticed over, now watch this, I've noticed over the last two weeks that I've made several mistakes. 
I've made several mistakes and I've lost money. And I said, Lord, I was, I was driving home last night and I said, Lord, why is this? What is going on? What, what's happening? And uh, as I was praying, the Lord said to me, the reason is, and I'll, I'll just condense it. He basically said, you went back to your physical strength. And I said, okay. I said, I was trying to follow you. I was trying to be led. He said, yeah, but I want to tell you what I did. So uh, on, um, what was it? Christmas and I think it was, yeah, it was on Black Friday. They have like Black Friday sales and Cyber Monday sales. I actually have a piece of software that I use and I set it up. I bought on Black Friday because they had a sale. I bought that piece of software and it actually uh, had notifications where I could customize if a particular stock or a cryptocurrency went up or down or did took certain actions, I could write a little bit of a script customize that notification and send me the notification and it would show up on my phone and on my watch if I was wearing that and and I would see when it had movement and motion up and down and so what I did was I saw the ups and downs and I was watching the patterns of it okay now here's the thing how should the children of God be led let's let's go real quickly Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 how should the children of God be led. Romans 8 and verse 14. It says this, for all those who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. You'll see verse 16, the Spirit himself testifies or witnesses with our spirit, with our inner man, that we are children of God. And so what we see here is a picture that the children of God are supposed to be led by the Spirit and the Holy Spirit will testify to our spirit. Now here's what happened. Round about um, January, when all these uh, stocks and the cryptocurrency started moving, I started making decisions based off of that logic. And I started seeing, oh, this looks logical right now, and I made those decisions. So how was I not being led? I was not being led by my spirit. Now, I didn't lose like a, a fortune or anything like that, but I, enough where it caught my attention, I was not winning like I normally do. And um, I've, the reason why I normally win is I allow the Holy Ghost to tell me. But I was making moves and I'd made enough of them where I'd made mistakes that it caught my attention. I said, Lord, what is the deal? What is the problem here? And he said, you've been making decisions and watch the process. You've been making logical decisions and not spiritual decisions. And so many times, put that in the comments, when you know, we mess up, when we make, or let me put it, let me put it positive. We win when we make spiritual decisions over logical decisions. We win when we make spiritual decisions over logical decisions. Now, here's the question. I know better, better than to do that. What got me into making a logical decision? Well, there was a lot of activity, a lot which raises the pressure level of anything. There was a lot of activity, and what had I done? I had set myself up and programmed 
logical input to constantly be invading my life, which got me thinking logical. Okay, so I had programmed myself into being more logical than I was spiritual. See, I do my best and you'll do your best as a believer when you are moved by the spirit, not moved by logic. God knows that. His word shows us, shows us that. And we're going to talk about that today. But I'm going to show you, here's the other thing. Um, so anyway, I'll, I'm going to give you another example in just a second. Uh, see if you relate to. So I was sitting there and I had gotten so much in the habit of logic and taken in so much logical things that it made me feel like I needed to make a decision. And I didn't need to make a decision. What the Lord told me last night is, he said, you kept moving without hearing from me. He said, I'll tell you, because he made me a promise a long time ago. He will tell me what to do, when to do, and where to do it, and how to do it if I will do a certain thing. And I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes. All right, here, let me give you another example of that. But what you see in that last example is, when the pressure was put on, I defaulted back to what my old strength was. And so when the, when the pressure came on and the activity came on, in this instance, because it wasn't related to the church, I defaulted back. It wasn't related directly to ministry. I defaulted back to an old strength, a physical strength, a physical and worldly strength. Let's logic our way through this. Let's strategize our way through this. And see, I've got to say that even though I've worked on it, I still have to continuously work on it to get better and better. Amen? All of us have to do that. We all need to continually work on ourselves. Now, here, let me give you another example of that, a couple of examples. You know, let's say, I've used this quite often. Let's say that a car salesman actually gets into, a car salesman used to use the selling tactic called fear of loss. And if you don't know what fear of loss is, it basically is, hey, uh, are you interested in this car? Yes. Uh, then, you know what? I've got three other people looking at this car right now. If you don't get it, you might lose it. And that's called the fear of loss. And so that emotion inside the mind of the customer is, is a known way to drive them to make a decision quickly before they have time to think all the way through it. And salesmen have used that for a long, long time. Now, when you take, uh, but let's say that a Christian or a car salesman becomes a believer. Well, it doesn't take long before you start going into this word and you find out fear is not a God thing. And for you to utilize a tool of the enemy to win more sales, one, you're stepping out of God's way. It used to be a strength to you because it was worldly. But now you've got to trust God in faith and he'll give you more favor than any other car salesman that's alive if you will do it his way and believe him for it. In other words, we've got to, and watch this, we've got to set a priority on what's more important, what's bigger, what's stronger. We must say either that tactic of fear of loss is stronger, or we must say that when I, when I follow God's way and have his leading, that will always be stronger. And so God's ways are not the world's ways. They're not our ways. Uh, we've got to adjust our lives to his ways. And in our thinking, we must learn that that is not the way to do it. Now, one more example. You know, I had this problem when I was in church. Let's say I'd be sitting there 
and just go through a church service. I'd come in, uh, I'm thinking on the way to church, I'm thinking, what am I going to get out of this service? How am I going to do this? What am I going to do this? And what am I doing the whole time? I'm not yielding to the Holy Ghost, I'm thinking. In other words, I'm prompting myself to actually be in the default of thinking physically instead of yielding myself to the Holy Ghost, all right? So that's the first mistake. Then I get into worship, and let's say that they're worshiping, and, I, and I'm thinking, you know, Lord, I want to worship you. I, I'm, I'm, I want to worship you the best. I hope that I'm worshiping you well. Uh, you're the greatest, Lord. You're the, you're the greatest, you know, but what am I doing? Is that coming out of my spirit, man? No, that's coming out of my head, and I'm wondering, am I going to get anything? I wonder what the preacher's going to think. I wonder if anybody's looking at me while I'm raising my hand. Where is all of that? Right here in my logical worldly mind. And so, again, I'm right in the middle of thinking that's become my default. And then I would sit there and I'd be listening to a message and I'd be sitting there trying to capture and grasp and figure out everything that the preacher's saying and all you know and I'm trying to track down this you know this stuff but if that preacher's worth his salt then what's going to happen is he's not preaching from logic he's preaching from the anointing he's preaching from revelation in other words I'm not going to be able to get it with my thinking so I'm I'm trying to capture something that I can't and then when I don't capture it I'm frustrated and now all I'm thinking about is how, how bad I am and how much I missed it. And, and then, watch this trap, how much I need to think about it to get better. <laughs> how much I need to correct myself to get better. And, and this is the issue. It's like we keep going through this and going through this and going through this. And what, what we're doing, it's just a trap. And then when it's time for prayer to receive impartation, I'm thinking, you know, Lord, I, I, want, I want you, I want to receive this, I want to receive this. And it's just like worship. Am I actually worshiping or am I actually yielding? No, I'm thinking. I'm not yielded. I'm not receiving by the Spirit. I'm trying to receive by my mind. And this is the problem. How do you get out of your head? Well, I figured out a way to get out of my head, but I didn't realize I had done it. <laughs> uh, because I just, watch this, and this is a big key. Over the years, I was just simply obedient to what the Lord told me to do. And as I would listen to him, as I would listen to him, and <laughs> Kevin said, you just summarized my entire walk with God. I understand. And, and this is a major problem. This holds many, many people back because they never move to the supernatural, the spiritual supernatural, because they're stuck in the physical mind. They're stu stuck in physical logic. You know, and, and so one of the things, Buddy said this, that's been me. Oftentimes I've found my mind trailing and I meditate on specific points rather than just soaking in what's being said. Then I would get in condemnation. Then I would print, repent, no more. Amen. No more. There's no more. You're not doing this anymore. And so now I, I'm going to pray for the strength uh, that you can step into the right things and the power to break off anything that may be holding you back. But you have to understand this, and there's a big key that most of what's been happening, we've done to ourselves. It's not, but a lot of times it's not a spirit. It's because we've been trained in a logical world and logic has become our default. 
And that is not the top seat in the room. That's not the top position. The top way, uh, the Lord says it like this in the Word, let me show you a better way. In other words, that is not the best way. Living by, I'm not saying that you don't think. I want thinkers around me. But here's what I'm saying. You don't live by thinking. You live by the Spirit of God. You live by God. You live by the Spirit. You don't live by thinking. You live by the Holy Spirit. You live by the Spirit. I'll just put the Spirit because that matches the Scripture. We live by the Spirit. Yeah, logic is not our best way. Uh, God's logic is our best way. But you've got to be able to receive God's logic. And you don't receive God's logic. Put this in the, in the, in the comments. God's logic is best. But you don't receive God's logic by thinking. You don't receive God's logic by worldly logic. It doesn't work that way. The Bible is very clear about it. It does not work that way. Glory to God. It does not work that way. So you don't receive, hey, Sharla, you just were our 100th comment. Glory to God, you get that 100th comment uh, of the day. Uh, so go to whatsright.com slash gift, and you can uh, claim that uh, gift card we have for you, Sharla. That's awesome. I'm so glad you got it. So now, God's logic is best, but we don't receive God's logic through worldly logic. We receive God's logic by an impartation from the Spirit. We receive God's logic by an impartation from the Spirit. And so you can see this is a major trap, and it holds people back in the worldly things instead of advancing them to the supernatural spiritual things of God. And I have watched it over the years hold so many people back, and it held me back too. It held me back a lot. We need to hear from the Lord. We need to understand what is God's best and how to attain it. Let, I want you to see something real quick. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, first, hold your, well, we'll go there in a second. Go to 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 1. It says this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. Now, if you're in a Bible that's, that's pretty decent, then what you'll see is that the word gifts is actually uh, italicized. Now, the reason they put that in there, italicized means that it's not in the original. It's not in the original, but it's there for context. Well, the context of the rest of this chapter is it talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And so they were trying to give you that. But the, the should read, if you take that word out or put it in, it should read the best. Let's take it out for a second and look at it. Now concerning spirituals, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. I don't want you, and the King James says, I don't want you ignorant. See, God doesn't want us ignorant about spiritual things. He wants us well aware of spiritual things. All right, now let's go over to Ephesians chapter 1. And let's look at verse 9. Verse 9, Ephesians 1, 9 and 10. 
He made known to us the mystery of His will. In other words, God wants to make known to us the mystery of His will. And he, according to the kind intention which He purposed in Him, in Christ, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of times. In other words, they, let, me, let me put this in a different way, because a lot of people are like, uh, well, when the fullness of time comes, we'll walk in that administration. That's not exactly what this verse is meaning. This verse is actually meaning God wants us to walk and be able to administer the fullness that we have available to us at that time. At that time. He wants us to be able to administer the fullness of His glory. The fullness of the supernatural spiritual at that time. And I'm telling you, we will never be an administration suitable when we're stuck in our head. We will not be a church or a glorious church when we're stuck in our logic and stuck in our thinking. We've got to move on to a better way, moving by the things of God, moving by the Spirit of God. Now let me, let me show you a couple of things about this. Uh, let's look at 1 John 2.20. And 1 John 2.20 says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know. In other words, God will give us an anointing, and the anointing will cause us to know things. In other words, watch this. And, and let, me, let me just point this out. Do you remember the parable? As, well, no, excuse me. It's not a parable. It's a story. Uh, because a parable will talk about this. A parable will say, hey, it's like this. It's like this. Uh, in this story, Jesus said, there was a rich man and the beggar Lazarus. Do you remember in that story? Do you remember that the, the uh, rich man went to hell? And in hell, now his spirit man was in hell. His mind or the soul, the mind, will, and emotions was in hell. But where was his body? Where was his brain? His body and his physical brain were buried on the earth. He was in hell, but his mind was on the earth. His brain was on the earth. Now here's what I want you to see. We've got to learn to think not with our physical brain and our physical mind, but our spiritual mind. Because this rich man had a spiritual connected mind with him even while he was in hell. He could see, he could think, he could remember, he could speak, he could feel. He had all those uh, capacities with him while his body was on the earth. And we need to learn how to see, how to speak, how to feel, how to have everything on the earth, but through our spiritual connected mind. In other words, your mind, will, and emotions, not just your physical brain. So many people in their worldly logic, when you understand the three parts of man, that'll make sense to you. In, um, in earthly logic, what we're trying to do is actually uh, do spiritual things and comprehend spiritual th things through a physical mind. It doesn't work like that. It's never going to work like that. We have to allow the mind that's connected to our spirit, our soul, to be, to be transformed as the anointing of God. Go back to that verse, 1 John 2.20. The anointing of God causes us to know. So here's the process. 
The Holy Spirit sends an anointing to our spirit. Our spirit is illuminated with the light, with the revelation of God. And then our spirit connects to our mind and it will illuminate our mind from the inside out, not from the outside in. In other words, it's God's anointing and his spirit that will unlock the knowing. His anointing that unlocks the knowing. Now, the reason I'm saying this is the very first step of getting out of your mind is you must prioritize a move of the spirit over a move of your logic. You must prioritize a spiritual instead of thinking in your mind. But a move of God's anointing unlocks our knowing. A move of God's, put that in the comments, a move of God's anointing unlocks our knowing. This is going to help a lot of people. This is going to help a lot of people if they'll, if they'll pay attention to this and utilize this. And I'm telling you right now, I can tell the way this is flowing. Don't listen to this message once. <laughs> There's a lot. I'm saying a lot in a small period of time. The more you, uh, un, the more that anointing unlocks in you, the more you're going to hear and know. All right. So the first, the first step is step one. You must prioritize. Step one. Let's see here. I got it here. Hold on. This is not all my notes. One second. Step one is be intentional to prioritize the spirit over the logic. It's okay. I think it just did it wrong. I got them up here anyway. It's all right. I had people that were running to go get my notes. It's okay. Uh, so step one is set priority. Step one, set the priority of the spirit. Set the priority of the spirit. In other words, if you constantly think the priority is for you to walk into a service and understand everything with your physical mind, you're never going to flow in the spirit. If, if, you, if you don't set the priority of I need to catch, there's an old statement that says uh, you, don't just, you don't just get this, you don't just understand the things of the spirit, you catch them. Okay, that's a great way to explain that in our, in our terms. We catch the things of the Spirit. We receive an impartation of the Spirit. We receive it. It's not understood and then processed to our spirit. It's caught by our spirit, and then that brings the understanding. You have the anointing, and you know. That, so the flow of it is you have the anointing first, and then you know, not you understand, and then you'll get an anointing, okay? No, it doesn't work that way. You have the anointing, and you know. So if we constantly prioritize, and we set the prioritize to understand it, and to know everything that's going on, we'll never yield in a service. We'll never actually do something that we think is illogical, right? We'll be like Spock. You know, no, nope, that's illogical. We can't do that. That's why James Kirk was the, the captain of the Enterprise and why Spock made a bad one. Yeah. I mean, that's just for all the Trekkies, you know, out there. That, literally, that's why he, every, people understood that. It's more than just logic that makes a good leader. 
Why? Because logic, uh, you've got to have everything and you'll get locked up in logic where you can't figure out a solution. And you've got to have, you know, even, even people understood this, i got to go with my gut. You know, many times we talked about, you know, when we were talking about the leading, is, is that speaking, is my gut you know, the voice of God. And many times what we call the gut for a Christian is the voice of God. And they know this, even though I'm, logic tells me to do this, my gut and the voice of God's telling me something else. And so if we live by logic, we'll never do the supernatural. We'll never do, and we'll never move into the spiritual. And so you must prioritize to put logic down to the leading of God to the anointing of God, to the Spirit of God. You must prioritize putting thinking lower than catching and receiving an impartation of the Spirit. So that's the step number one. You must do it. Now, I want, I want to stay on this step for a second. I'm going to give you some other scriptures here. The first thing I want us to look at is 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10 through 16. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10 through 16. For to us, and what I'm going to do, I just want you to know before we go any further, I'm going to give you two more steps. I'm going to give you two more steps at the end on how, okay, many people know or they have a clue about what I just said in step one. But just because you think you know it, don't overlook it. You have to make it a priority. You have to be purposed to set catching the anointing and yielding to the anointing over thinking. Because if you don't make that switch first, then everything else we're talking about is not really going to work. You've got to make that. Lord, I am going to yield. Just put it in the comments right now. Father, I am going to yield to the Holy Ghost. I am going to yield to the anointing over my thinking. Father, I am going to yield every time to the anointing over my thinking. And when you understand that, what you're doing is you're actually connecting to a higher thinking in God, God's logic, and you'll always be better. Now, here's the next thing, 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 16. For to us, to who? To us, to you and I, every believer and everybody that will be a believer, for to us God revealed them through the Spirit, talking about things of God, for the Spirit, for the Spirit, I see what happened now. It, it printed wrong. Okay, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. So listen, the Spirit knows more than you or I. The Spirit understands more than you or I ever will. The Spirit searches all things. We can only search what we can see and take in. In this, in this corrupted body, there's only so much unless we connect to the Holy Spirit. When we connect to the Holy Spirit, we can know and move up in our spiritual location higher than we ever could before and actually expand on God's level instead of just what the world can give us. The Spirit searches all things. Verse 11. This is 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 10 through 16. Verse 11. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, the thoughts... In other words, who, look, look at what it just said. 
Who knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of man? Do you understand that that's saying you don't even know everything you think? You don't even know everything you think, but your spirit man does. Your spirit man does, all right? So how are we going to receive everything that like a preacher is preaching to us and know all of that stuff if we can't even know, understand everything that, about ourselves? See, we can't. With our physical mind, it's not possible. But with the, our spirit, that is what's unlimited because it's made in the image and likeness of God. It says, even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world. Now watch this. There's a contrast in these next few verses of the world versus the kingdom of God. And there's a contrast here. So we have not received the Spirit of the world, but we have received the Spirit who is from God. So in other words, what he's saying right here is, Stop leaning on your default from the world and start leaning on God. Stop looking to this as your source. You've got to go, go a higher way. Let me show you a better way. Okay? Then he says this. So, and why has he given us? Look at the purpose of this verse. We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So, so that we may know the things that we may know. We've received the Spirit so that we may know. Now, the things he's talking about here is the things freely given to us by God. God wants us to know everything he's freely given to us. But we'll never know it by going after the world's logic and the, the thinking of the mind. We'll only know it by the Spirit who searches God out himself who searches out the spiritual things, who knows all things. We'll never know it by logic. And so, again, I'm, I'm backing up and I'm giving you the foundation. You can never make the priority of your life to understand. The, you, the priority of your life has to be to receive the anointing by the Spirit. If you'll receive the anointing by the Spirit, then the, you'll have the anointing and you'll know. So if we go about it the opposite way, it's never going to work. We've got to go about it God's way, and then it'll work. You must prioritize this. Okay? So then he says this. And let me just say this again. We've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit is from God so that we may know. So that we may know. God wants us to know. He wants us to understand. He wants us to capture it, but it only comes through the Holy Ghost. Verse 13. Which things, the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, watch this, not in words taught by human wisdom, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those, listen to the, this word, but in those taught by the Spirit, taught, the Spirit's teaching, not a man teaching, and when a preacher is preaching to you and you're not grasping it, many times it's because you're trying to process it through the worldly mind. And the Holy Spirit is teaching, not the, not the man teaching. The Holy Spirit is teaching, that anointing is teaching through that preacher, through that man, if they're operating correctly. Many preachers that I know, though, they get up and they try to use worldly wisdom to craft a sermon. That's anti-Bible. That's not God's way. You must move by the anointing. 
And then the reason, part of the reason why the church has gotten stuck in their mind is because they've had leaders and ministers who have taught out of their mind. And so we've become very ignorant about spiritual things because we've had preachers that have not uh, originated their messages and their preaching from the Spirit. They've originated by the worldly mind. And so as, as a church, we've grown accustomed to the worldly mind approach. That's, that's why uh, you know, Paul says, I don't come to you with persuasive words of man's wisdom, but with demonstration and power. That's the anointing. I come to you with the anointing. And so you can see how we've gotten trapped in this. And the issue is the end result by getting stuck in our mind is we don't know how to flow. We don't know how to flow. One time I was coming back from a trip, and I, honestly, I was really tired, and I, I had really preached hard, and I was tired. I was coming back. I had an opportunity. I felt like I was supposed to. I felt like I was supposed to take this preaching opportunity, and uh, so I, I got off the plane, went to this preaching opportunity, and, I, and the Lord had shown me what He wanted to do. The Lord showed me what he wanted to do. I mean, in that service, it was supposed to blow up. I mean, there was going to be a Holy Ghost blowout. <laughs> Fire of God, people laid out everywhere, healing. I mean, just there was supposed to be a Holy Ghost blowout. And there wasn't. And I went, what? What happened, Lord? What happened? Well, I noticed, and the Lord really taught me something by this. Uh, and I was learning really at a higher level the difference between what God wants to do and what God can do because people choose certain things, uh, which you saw in Nazareth. You know, that's biblical. Before you, before you, you know, tell me you think I'm wrong about he can do anything, well, then why didn't he heal everybody in Nazareth? It, it says in the Bible, he could do no mighty work. And the reason is, he's given willpower to man. And how men choose and what they believe is, remember the, the verse that says this, as your faith is, so be it unto you. In other words, God has, by his own word, by his own sovereignty, put up some structure that says man will make the choice what will happen to him. Okay, Man will make the choice. God's word has structured. By his own sovereignty, he's done that. And so in Nazareth, because they were familiar with Jesus in their mind and couldn't receive in the spirit, only a few were healed. <laughs> but then Jesus went to Capernaum, who were receiving him as the spiritual Messiah, and he healed them all. <laughs> he healed them all. Now, so you can see this playing out, and I'm going to show you some more. But one of the things that happened, I, I get to this, and I noticed that everybody there was intellectual, and they had a lot of knowledge about faith. They had worldly knowledge about faith. But what I saw was very few knew how to receive the anointing. And because they couldn't receive the anointing because of their, their past, they couldn't actually receive what God wanted to do in that service. Because I was very, I, I mean, I'd been in multiple services where the power of God was just flowing. And these were supposed to be people at a higher level, and they weren't. And I'm like, what just happened? And they probably blamed me. They probably thought it was me. I mean, the power of God still moved. We had a great meeting, but it could have been better. And they probably thought it was me, and it wasn't. It wasn't. It's because they were so intellectual, and they were so in their head that they didn't know how to receive from the anointing anymore. 
They had gotten so, you know, uh, quote unquote, book smart about faith and other biblical topics that if it didn't flow in their intellectual realm, they couldn't receive what God actually wanted to do. And they're stuck in that realm. And so this is, this is why we're talking about this. So he says, you know, the things which we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit. Taught by the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit teaches this way. He combines spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. In other words, the Holy Spirit will piece these together through His anointing. But it's the teaching that happens from the Spirit. Okay, so if you don't prioritize receiving the anointing and by the Spirit, and you're not in a church that receives by the anointing and by the Spirit, then you're never going to get out of this trap of getting out of your head. <laughs> and you're going to be limited, and you will only go so far, and before long you will be frustrated, and you will cease to do the things that God's called you to do, because you're not going to have fruit when you're limited in your thinking. When you're limited in your head, you're not going to have fruit. All right, so now verse 14. But a natural man, I want you to see, this is God speaking, the Holy Ghost speaking. A natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. That shows you exactly that example of that service I had. That's exactly what happened. The things of the Spirit of God came to be delivered, but because they were knowledgeable about a lot of things in the Bible but not knowledgeable in the spirit. They didn't have an minute. They weren't able to administer the fullness of God's spiritual things. They hadn't grown in that level. They just grew in knowledge. And I want you to see this. Going back to the garden, it's the same sin, the same trip up in the garden. I want to know. And so a lot of people pride themselves and they find themselves in a trap of knowing many, many uh, churchgoers. They'll go to one church until they feel like they've exhausted the revelation of that pastor after a year or two. And then all of a sudden they'll jump to the next church and they'll exhaust that revelation. They'll, then they'll go. And what are they doing? They're on a quest for knowledge instead of a quest of the Spirit. It's a lot more than knowledge. There's a lot more. That is, that is like kindergarten. You know, that's just enough to get you up and functioning in the world. It's all about God's Spirit. And God's Spirit will bring you knowledge that will blow everybody else away. That's what George Washington Carver had. George Washington Carver that had all of these different uh, inventions that he had, he had all those inventions because he, he flowed in the, in the Holy Ghost and in his intimate fellowship with God is where he got the idea. That's where he got the knowledge from. All right. So then it says this. It says, but a natural thing does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. So in, let me just put this out there and put this in the comments. In order to have the things of God, I can't be a natural thinking man. I can't be a natural man. I've got to flow in the supernatural. In order to have the things of God, I can't operate in natural thinking. I cannot dwell there. So I want you to see, I'm showing you over and over again, you must prioritize this. It's not, if you want to grow up in God, this is not an option. You have to prioritize receiving the anointing over thinking naturally. Over understanding 
with your uh, natural mind. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them. He cannot. You understand this. The things of the Spirit of God to a natural man he can't receive. They are foolishness to him, and God says he can't understand them. It's zero possible. <laughs> Null and void. No way. Not going to happen. God's already said it. He's not. A natural thinking person will not receive the things of God. I didn't say it. God said it. So we must prioritize. So, in other words, we've got to get to the point it's like self, you know, you might want to go look in the mirror. Self. You can't be that way anymore, and you won't be that way anymore. You are not going to be a naturally thinking person. You're going to be a spiritually thinking person because you've learned how to receive from the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, watch this. He says, the reason they can't understand them, the reason a natural man can't grasp them, a reason a natural man can't have the things of God is because they are spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. I want, I want to see something. Well, I know discernment means to understand it spiritually. In other words, it's understood and grasped in the spirit man and in the spirit of man first, not in the natural man. So many times we're sitting there trying to think through a service and think through worship and think through prayer time. And we're trying to figure all this stuff out. And the issue is we're operating solely over in the soulish realm or the, the mind, will, and emotions, the natural man's thinking. And that's never where you're going to find it. You have to learn to quiet that thinking, which is going to be talking about step two and three. How do I quiet that thinking and get over here where I can yield and receive to the Holy Ghost? And that's what I'm going to share with you as step two and three. The first step still is prioritize. He says... He says there, this, verse 15, but he who is spiritual discerns all things. Now think about that. He who is spiritual will understand all things. So when we learn how to make this move and we prioritize it and learn how to make this move over into the spiritual man, we'll be able to understand all things. We'll be able to understand it all. But if we don't get over there, we won't be able to understand anything of God. And then he says, yet he himself is appraised by no one. In other words, he's, he's not judged by anyone. So the person operating in the spirit, they're going to walk in stuff that, that other people don't even know how to look at and judge. And they won't be able to be judged by other people because they have a discernment coming through the spirit. He says this, for, verse 16, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? In other words, who has in their normal earthly mind figured out the Lord? Who's figured out the Holy Ghost? Who's figured out God in their earthly mind, in their worldly thinking? Nobody. But because we are a spirit being and now connected to God through Jesus Christ, it says the next statement, but we have the mind of Christ. We have a spiritual mind that's connected to him. Connected to the Holy Spirit who searches the depths of God. And by that, we will understand everything. So again, I'm, I'm still going to the priority, the priority of 
living by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Of course, Romans 8, verse 5 and 6, and watch this. Romans 8, 5 and 6, life and peace. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. Let me say it this way. Those who are according to the flesh set their mind naturally. But those who are according to the Spirit, they set their mind on the things of the Spirit. They're not trying to figure out. And watch this. A lot of times we feel like I can't move on unless I understand it. Yes, you can. Who says you can't move on? I have so many things in pastoring I did not understand when I started pastoring, but I'm not here because I waited till I had it all together. I'm here because I stepped out in things I didn't understand. I had a word from the Holy Ghost that said, go. <laughs> but my logic was saying, no. <laughs> Holy Ghost, go. Logic, no. That's the same way it was when we had children for the first time. <laughs> Holy Ghost, it's okay. And the logic was like, hey, it's not okay. <laughs> you know. And so why do people go forward? Why do they achieve? If they're achieving godly things, it's because they're listening to the voice and they're catching the voice of the Holy Ghost, not what their mind says. For those who are according to the Spirit, they set their mind, watch this, not on being having all the pieces in place, not, and, and when I say pieces, I'm not talking about uh, what, yeah, I'm not talking about how to do something and what to do. I'm talking about understanding it in their mind. Uh, some people would say, oh, he just told me that I can just go start doing right now what I think the Lord wants me to do. And they don't have any confirmation or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying to do. Don't just go out there and be actually in rebellion outside from a covering. You know, I know, I know so many people that want to start a church and, and they have no pastor. So immediately what they're going to do is they're going to, they're going to impart rebellion into every person that comes into that church because that's what they're carrying. They've not submitted themselves to anybody. The word tells them to submit. They're in rebellion. And so they're going to impart rebellion to every person. So they're saying, I want to help people. What they're actually sowing is rebellion. And so one of the things that we have to understand is many times people will go off half cocked and they haven't heard from the Lord or they might have a piece of it. They need to, have a, they need to hear from the Lord. What I'm saying is uh, don't just, you don't have to understand it all. If you have the what to do and the when to do it, but you don't understand everything that's going to be in the future, that's okay. And you have confirmation that you're supposed to do it. That's okay to go on with. And we should do that. In other words, let's get to the place where when the Holy Spirit says go, we are ready and we are quick to jump and yield no matter what, no matter what our mind and our logic is saying. And it says, verse 6, for the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. See, if we keep operating by natural thinking, death is in that. It will hold us down. It will set us in lack. And then we'll be condemned for it. We'll beat ourselves up because we're not moving forward, right? And so, and, and oh, I'm just not getting anything. I'm not, I'm not feeling anything. I'm not doing anything. Then we beat ourselves up for it, right? All right, so here's the next thing. Isaiah 1 and verse uh, 19. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. 
Here's the question. If I don't get out of my mind, how am I going to hear to be willing? How am I going to hear to be obedient? Again, prioritize. We must see that. Uh, Romans 8, or, excuse me, Romans 6 and verse 16. And I, I did this in the King James because of the word it used, yielding. Okay? Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves, servants to obey, his servants you are whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So what it says here is, if you yield yourself to the natural thinking, then you will be a servant and under lock and key of that natural thinking. But if you will yield yourself to the anointing and the Spirit of God, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And you will, you will actually be doing exactly what God wants you to do. But it all comes down to who are you going to yield to. So number one point is set your priority. Be intentional to prioritize the Spirit over logic and emotion. Now these next two points are pretty simple and they're going to be quick. And that is this. Number two... First thing, set your priority. Second thing, set your thinking. All right? Point two, set your thinking. Third point, set yourself in the flow. And I'm going to explain these. Number one, set the priority. Two, set your thinking. Three, set yourself in the flow. All right? So number one, we talked about be intentional to prioritize the spirit over logic and emotion, worldly logic and emotion. Number two, set your thinking. And, and this is what I mean. Literally stop thinking about the wrong things. Literally stop thinking about the wrong things. And so the problem is, because we've not set our priority, then what we think is, when we're thinking, how do I worship God better? What am I going to receive today? What is this preacher saying? We think that that's what we're supposed to be doing. But when you've set your priority to be yielding from the Spirit, you'll realize that even that thought that sounds good is still wrong thinking. So let me say that again. When I've set the priority of yielding to the Holy Ghost over worldly logic then I'll realize that even me thinking what looks like good thoughts when I should be yielding are wrong thoughts. When I'm in the position that, and I should be yielding and I'm thinking, that's the wrong thoughts. When if, put that in the comments. When I should be yielding, but I'm thinking, those are wrong thoughts. When I should be yielding, but I'm thinking, then those are the wrong thoughts. Amen. So now, here's what you have to get good at. You have to get good at and practice this. And the only way I can tell you to do it is start. And let the Holy Ghost anointing help you to do this. But don't try to figure it out. Stop trying to figure out the connection. You know, see, a, a, a person who uses their mind and that's their default, they constantly are trying to figure out what's the connection on that. God will show you the connection when you need to know the connection. See, the issue is we don't trust him. <laughs> that's the issue. You don't trust him to actually tell you what you need to know when you need to know it. You want to figure it out outside of him. 
It's a pride and it's a lack of trust. It's a lack of faith. And this is a major teaching. This is has such a major teaching. And we don't realize. We think we're doing good things by thinking those thoughts. We think we're on track. We're like, how do I worship you? I want to worship you more, Lord. I want to worship you more, Lord. We think that's the right thoughts. But what we don't realize, by thinking those thoughts, we've stepped out of yielding. And now they're actually the wrong thoughts when we should be, yeah, Miss Susie said, spreadsheet mentality. <laughs> I know, Miss Susie. And I've been there too. I've been, and I just, I just did it again this, in the last couple of weeks. I fell back into it some. This is such a big deal. See, and we always got, here's the thing, when people are in this trap, it's like they can't leave the connections alone. They got to figure out how and why it works and how to do this. What's the steps? Give me the next step. I'm telling you the next step. Learn and set the priority of yielding versus worldly thinking, yielding over worldly thinking. That's the next step. And then the next one is set your thinking. I'm going to tell you how to, how to do this. Uh, but what I'm saying is that's the first step is learn the difference between those two and why from the Bible it's important. And uh, so because I always wanted like, all right, what's my next step? Step one, two, three, four. I think that way. That, that is easy for me. That's why I became a programmer. That's why I started typing computer code. And, but it also is how the Lord helps me to think, how can I get this information to people now? So he'll bring it up. But see, when we are not at rest and we are not in faith and we're not in trust, we always want to figure out the connection. And we don't realize that's the flesh. <laughs> that's the flesh man speaking. That's the worldly thinking. God says, if you'll yield to me, I'll open up those connections. I've gotten more revelation in my life by yielding. I've gotten more revelation in my life by yielding. And all of a sudden, I'll wake up and I'll know the answer and I'll know how it works. And I get that by yielding to the Spirit and yielding to the anointing. Uh, Marky, remind me what the blueprint uh, is. Just type it out in the comments. And, and uh, I, remember, I remember talking about it, but please put that in the comments right now. So now let me give you an idea. So this is something I didn't realize what the Lord was doing. Uh, yeah. Amen. Great point, buddy. He says, because remember in John chapter 6 where he said some things and he lost a lot of followers. And then he turned to him and said, do you want to go too? But he said, that's why Jesus lost hundreds of followers in John 6. They didn't yield to the anointing, but they yielded to their natural mind because they couldn't, couldn't understand it. They walked away from Jesus because of their, they had prioritized their natural thinking over the anointing. They're watching him heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, and, and they leave them like they know more. Because they didn't understand. That's why I'll tell people, listen, you may come and you may see a lot of stuff and it may be outside of your comfort zone, but ask questions. Don't just go away. Ask questions. There's a reason why. Yeah? That's a great, great point, uh, buddy, about that, about John 6. I'm putting it in my notes because I want to use that as an example when I do this before. Thank you. Um, so here's one of the things, and see, that's what I'm talking about. As the Holy Ghost and that anointing is drawn out, that's actually the anointing unlocking something for him. That's the anointing unlocking something for Buddy. You just put that. The Holy Ghost showed him that. 
That's the Holy Ghost giving him wisdom on the importance of prioritizing. Can you see that? All right. Now, and that's happening right now. As I'm speaking, ministering, that anointing is flowing and you're catching it instead of trying to figure it out. But see, when we're not comfortable leaving it unsolved as to what the connection is, then we'll be sitting there trying to figure it the whole time. Meanwhile, the anointing in my healing is passing me by. And we're like, okay, well, how did that work? I don't understand how that worked. How that, how'd that work? Um, um, um. And, and we miss the word that the preacher just spoke that would change our life. We miss catching that anointing that had everything in it in my life to go higher because we're, we are not comfortable leaving that connection. I'll, I've had things, I had one revelation, one of the greatest revelations God's ever given me. And I, I had the question for 10 years. Had no answer to it. I just, I knew something was there. I just couldn't catch it. I, I didn't understand it. And, and the Lord, I don't know that he wanted me to understand it there. But then, he, then he, uh, he showed me. When I heard the anointing and a word from the Lord, I was obedient to go to a place. And while I was at that place, the speaker said one thing. And immediately the spirit went, Woof, and I had the understanding. It's, it's yielding to the anointing. All right? So... Uh, Marky said, I wanted to know the why. Did you put the blueprint up? Okay. She said, I wanted to know the why so much that it blocked me receiving. So you ask if I'd rather be, rather the blueprints to a car or a physical car. Will the blueprints get me to work? Nope. But the car will. In other words, forget if you, do you have to have the blueprints? Do you have to understand how it was made? Or do you just want the car? And that's the thing with the anointing. What do you want? Do you want to understand all of the details and the blueprints? Or do you just want the fruit? Let's get the fruit later. And if God gives you and shows you the blueprints, then so be it and praise God. But you don't have to wait to get all of the blueprints before you... I don't have the blueprints of any of my cars. I just have a car. <laughs> I don't have to understand them. I just have them. And so, in other words, this is a yielding to God. God's saying, you know, do you know how long it would take for us to receive everything that God has if we tried to figure it out naturally? We'd never get anything. We couldn't even understand how this phone works. We couldn't even understand, you know, how to do the binding on, on this if we had to understand every detail of it and learn. It'd take us years. You know, this didn't just pop out. Men had to invent things that would create this over a period of hundreds of years. They didn't have these as soon as they left the Garden of Eden, a book, a, a bound book. It took hundreds of years to create one invention, then another invention. If we sat there, but yet in God, we can receive the blueprints to the world, and we can receive the fruit of something before we even have the blueprints. It's, it's the most awesome, awesome thing because God's given us access to himself before we actually understand it all. That's, that's one of the beauties of God's mercy and his grace. Now, watch this. So I said, set the priority to set your thinking. You literally have to stop thinking about the wrong things. And if you're supposed to be yielding to the anointing and you're thinking, whatever you're thinking is the wrong thing. It's the wrong thing. You're stuck in your mind. Okay, and so you have to stop that. Now, here's what I here's what the Lord showed me, and I didn't even realize what He was showing me. I didn't realize what He was doing. I was just saying, Lord, I need Your help because something's not working, and I was having a trouble. This is a moment where I went from worshiping what I thought was worshiping to worshiping in spirit and truth. 
is when I learned this. I was sitting there in worship one day, and uh, I'm sitting there thinking, like, Lord, I want to worship you so great. I want to worship you so great. What am I doing? Not yielding. I'm not worshiping. I'm not worshiping. I'm thinking. And so I'm sitting <laughs> oh, You're going to see this all over the place now. I'm not doing anything. I'm thinking. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm thinking, you know. <laughs> and, like, you're going to see it everywhere. All right. And one of the things that happened was, um, I was sitting there like, Lord, I want to worship you. And the Lord led me this. He's so gentle and he's so merciful. And he said this. He said, picture yourself in the throne room of God at my feet worshiping. And all of a sudden, I just when he said that to me, I had a picture. I closed my eyes. And, you, and a lot of times that, that's a good thing, especially when you're starting out. Close your eyes, you know. I don't always close my eyes when I'm ministering because I've grown to a place where I don't have to as much. But anyway, I, I was, he said, picture yourself. As soon as he said it, I just saw like the throne of God and his legs coming down and his feet before me. And like this, the, the light that he is so magnificent and so blindingly pure. And, and, and as soon as I had that image in my head, I just started worshiping. And now I went from thinking to worshiping. And so then I noticed, though, watch this. I noticed that when I actually did that for a while, man, I went, I moved into true worship. But I noticed after a period of time that I would think about that and then all of a sudden, you know, it'd be like, uh, did somebody, did I just hear that door open in the back of the church? I wonder who came in. And I'll, I'll look and see, oh, okay, that's them. I wonder what they're, how they're doing today and everything. What am I doing again? I'm thinking. In other words, I moved from yielding to thinking. And so I had to learn to capture my thoughts and stop thinking. I had to learn to capture my thoughts and stop thinking. And so I utilized that in worship, but I didn't realize that helped me in other areas as well. So I would just say, Lord, I worship you. And every time I would worship him, I would just picture myself at the throne of God in the throne room. And like, what would you do in the throne room? What's going to happen when you're standing in front of God and, and his goodness and all of his, in all of his glory? What's going to happen in all of his glory? You're going to fall on your face and worship him. And all of a sudden, I found myself even in worship. Like, I got to spread out. I got to fall on my face right now because I, I can't do. In other words, spiritually, I yielded myself, even though I might not have been in the actual throne room of God, spiritually, I almost felt like I was. And I yielded myself to that place. And when I got there, it became easier and easier to stop thinking about the other things. Stop thinking. So I had to learn how to transition. You know, like on Sunday mornings, I found as a pastor, many times it's like, okay, who's that person? Who, why is this person having that problem? Why is that lady having this issue? Why is that guy having this issue? Uh, what's going on in the bathrooms? What's happening in children's ministry? And all this stuff, what am I doing? I'm thinking and I'm not yielding. I'm thinking, but I'm not yielding. I've got to learn how to stop thinking, Lord, I, I just give myself to you. Lord, I yield to you. And that's, that's a good statement. Put that in the comments. Lord, I yield to you. I stop thinking, and I yield to you. I'm getting out of my head. I yield to you. I yield to you, Lord. I yield to you. All right? And so you have to set your thinking. 
You can't just let your thoughts run rampant. And the more that you put those thoughts down, the better you'll get at it. You have to start somewhere. And at first, you may have to do that every five seconds. Stop thinking and yield. Stop thinking, yield. Stop thinking, yield. Stop thinking. You may have to do it every five seconds, but just do it. Be diligent. Be diligent. And, and um, Miss Susie, I'm going to correct you. Blind faith is so difficult for anyone with an analytical mind that thinks analytically and thinks in natural. But if they will yield spiritually, blind faith is easy. Blind faith is easy and light, like Matthew 11 says. And see, the issue is we have believed because of our thinking because we put this first. See, now when you prioritize the anointing over thinking, you'll start, you'll start receiving things from there, from an easy and light position, not from an analytical, this is going to be hard. This is going to be hard. So you can see that. See, that's what's trapped us is we've had thinking in the, in the captain's seat instead of yielding to the, to the anointing. This is going to make such great video. We have put thinking in the captain's chair, in the Lord's chair, instead of yielding to the anointing. And see, that's it. And when we learn to yield to the anointing, we realize, oh, no, this won't be hard. This will be easy because you said it was easy. I'm yielding to what you said to me. Your yoke is easy and light. I'm yielding to it. Yes, glory to God. See, it's easy. It's easy. Put it in the comments. Yielding is easy. Life is easy. Put it, you got to see, and what are you doing? You're yielding to the promise that Jesus said over what your fleshly mind would tell you. Yielding is easy. Glory to God. Now, here's, here's the next thing. So, set the priority of, yield, of yielding to the Spirit over thinking in the flesh, and then set your thinking. Stop letting your mind, stop letting your mind run rampant. If you, if you sit there at night and you can't go to sleep because of your thoughts, you've got a problem with it. And, and I've had a problem with it. I've been that guy where my mind is like, I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm trying to solve a problem. You've got to learn how to yield in that place. You have to learn how to yield in that place. You have, you have to say, no, and, and I've done it even in my bed at night. I wake up, you know, in the middle of the night, I'm thinking about something, what am I going to solve the next day? I thought even like today, I didn't know what I was going to minister on today. I wake up this morning, and here's this message that the Lord's given to me to give to you. And so I, what's going to be the most powerful, something I can make up in my mind or something that I've yielded to? It's going to be much better when I have the anointing flowing right? Something that I have the anointing flowing. Amen. Ms. Susie said, yep, I'm not letting my mind run away with what I received last night. Amen. You received. That was an awesome, awesome blessing. And so here's the other thing. Now, so you've got to take those thoughts count. I've woken up in the middle of the night trying to think about what I'm going to do. I'll just say, oh, Lord, I worship you. Go back to intimacy with him, a fellowship with him. And that's just it. That's step number three. Set yourself in the flow of fellowship. Set yourself in the flow of fellowship. It's a communion with God. It's communing with Him. So I can, I can get there in that place where my mind's running rampant, and I'll just start praying. Oh, I'll start praying in the Holy Ghost. So today, 
What am I doing? I'm communing with God. I'm communing with the anointing instead of communing with those thoughts. I'll start to read the Word. But you know, even when we read the Word, what can happen with our mind? Our mind can come in just like when we're in worship. And we got to say, oh, what, you know, what am I going to cook tonight? What am I going to eat? You know, when's this fast ever going to be over? Ever. When's the, you know, oh, we got all these things we're thinking about. You got to say, no, go back to step two. Set your thinking. I'm, not, I'm here to read the Word and receive from the Holy Ghost. But then another side of it, see, this is how our flesh will do as well. It'll try to say, oh, what does that mean? Instead of just reading and keeping on going, we want to, remember, we want to figure out the connection. And we can't rest if that connection is not. See, that's not faith. That lack, that's a lack of faith and a lack of rest in Him. Rest will be the symptom of faith. Rest will be the symptom of faith. And so when we enter into communion with God, prayer, the Word, and worship, and we set our thinking so that we're not constantly being pulled away by it. And go back. One of the best ways to start, if you're having a hard time capturing your thought, go back to that throne room. Go back to setting your thinking on that. Stop thinking one thing and start thinking something else. Start thinking about the communion with God, just fellowship with Him. The, the flow of His fellowship. You know, uh, many times, let me give you this story as a final point. Uh, I had gotten to the place where I realized being led by God was very important, and I was hearing from Him, and it was awesome. But I was asking Him almost every time, like, Lord, what is, you know, Lord, you know, what do I do now? What's my next step? What do I do now? What do I do here? What do I do here? And what was happening? I recognize it now, but I didn't recognize it then. And especially you hearing this message today, what was I doing? I ask you, what was I doing? I was leaving the yielding, and I was thinking, what's my next step? And I was hungry to grow, and I was hungry to advance, but I had to connect the dot to my next step. And what I, what I realized was, after time, was that way of living was so uh, rigid. It was so structured. It was like, take a step, stop, seek God. Take a step, stop, seek God. Turn left, stop, seek God. It was like, so wooden and so rigid, and, and it was not restful. It was not easy. It was not peaceful at all. And the Lord stopped me because I was, I was on the trip, and I was in a hotel, and I was praying. I was seeking him. I said, Lord, I just love you so much. And I said, what do I need to do now? And the Lord said, stop. And I was like, whoa, 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 stop what? <laughs> he kind of surprised me. He said, stop. I said, okay. And watch that. What happened when I stopped? Well, I was, I was also thinking, why is he telling me to stop? But at the same time, it caught my attention, and I stopped the thinking that I was doing. So when he said that, I've got to learn to tell myself to just stop. Stop thinking like that. Get out of my head and take those thoughts captive. And he said, stop. So I stopped. He said, the question, he said, listen to the question that you asked me. And it's like, what do I do next? Where do I go? How do I do this? And then the Lord said this to me. He said, there's a lot of I in that. There's a lot of self in that. And I was like, I guess so, yeah. Well, here's the issue. It was all based on thinking. It was all based on self-thinking. 
What do I, 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 I do next? And so because I was concerned about thinking about self, I was outside of receiving from his anointing and the flow of his fellowship. And he said, it's not a bad question. He said, actually, I wish more people would ask me that question. In other words, what he was saying was, I wish more people would get to that step. He said, but let me show you a better way. And he said, if you will get your relationship right with me, I will show you where to go, what to do, how to do that. And praise God, I asked this question. <laughs> praise God, I asked this question. I was like, okay, Lord, I think I know what relationship is, but please tell me what relationship means to you. And uh, he was using, now later on, I learned the difference between the terms relationship and fellowship. And uh, I'm not going to get into that today, but basically he was talking about fellowship. He was talking about an intimate fellowship with him. He was giving it to me in terms that I could understand at the time. And he says, look, if you'll get your fellowship right with me, which is spirit-led word, spirit-led prayer, spirit-led worship, I'll show you what to do, when to do. And you won't be, uh, it, your walk with me won't be rigid. It'll be a flow. And so we've got to learn how to yield and walk in a yielding. See, most people, they may learn how to yield on the Sunday morning, but they don't know how to yield on the way out the door into their car. And everything throughout the week is not a yielding. Everything beyond Sunday morning, they may have learned how to yield on Sunday morning. Oh, this is so important, guys. So important. They, I can't tell you how life-changing this is if people will see how to get out of their head and yield 24-7. And if we'll learn to live in communion with God, everything we need to know, we'll know. See, God knows when to tell me when to buy Bitcoin and when not to. He knows all of that. He knows the exact moment. But see, I didn't trust him to tell me. I leaned back on my own understanding and my own logic. <laughs> Can you see? Can you see? He knows when to tell me. I didn't trust him, though. I wanted to make the connection. My flesh was not comfortable uh, with him making the connection and waiting on him to say something. I just needed to yield. I just need to yield. That's it. I needed to prioritize yielding over that thinking. I need to set the priority. I needed to set my thinking and take my thoughts captive, and I need to set myself in the flow of his intimate fellowship. I'll tell you today, uh, that's all I'm going to talk about it today. If you have any questions, put them in there very quickly. But uh, the issue is most people don't really have a fellowship with God that's strong enough to yield what they need because they've, they've not actually walked in that way. They've claimed them as Lord and they're going to heaven, but they don't have a spiritual administration suitable. And we have to learn to receive that from the Lord and let it change our lives. And so one of the things that I want you to see is that when you get your fellowship with God straight, when you get your fellowship with God straight, in that fellowship, spirit-led word, spirit-led worship, spirit-led prayer, on a regular, continuous basis. Remember, the word says, pray without ceasing. That means we should always be in a spirit of prayer, always. 
We should be carrying it. I'll, I'll find myself many times. I'm just going down the road. I'll find myself praying in the Holy Ghost. So freaking What is that? That's being in fellowship with him and communion with him. I found that the Holy Spirit, when I'm yielded to him in, in an intimate fellowship, he will draw even from my spirit without my mind's knowledge. He'll pull me into prayer. He'll pull me into that fellowship. And my mind's like, well, when did that happen? That's true living. That's truly living and receiving from him. And now in that place of flowing in an intimate fellowship, flowing in that place, God can actually give us and show us all things and we can know all the things that we need to know. A lot of times I've had people say like, how do you know this? How do you, you know, why do you have this? It's because I spent time with him and he'll show me things. He'll show, he'll show you things. He won't just show me things, he'll show you things. God loves you so much. Right now, just renew that fellowship. Just, just bow your head right there unless you're driving. Don't do that. <laughs> but you can pray. Just say, Jesus, today I make you the Lord of my life. You're on the seat of my life. You're the director of my life. Not my thinking, not my sin or desire for it. You're the director of my life. And I believe you died for me and that God brought you back to life. Jesus, fill me with the Holy Spirit and fire. Lord, liven up my fellowship with you. Take my intimate fellowship to another level. And Lord, I ask you to teach me how to yield to you and not be wrapped up in my own head and worldly thinking. And I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, amen. And right now, just receive. See, here, let me show you a little trick. What happened as soon as I said amen? As soon as I said amen, what did you do? You, you stopped receiving and you started thinking, what's he going to say next? Who says you have to? You can still be receiving right now. Like, and that's why I'll tell people, just right now, just receive. Lord, I'll receive from you. Thank you, Lord. I just receive. I'm yielded to you right now. I'm yielded to you right now. I'm not trying to figure out what Brian's going to say next. I'm yielded to you. I'm receiving from you. See, you can actually listen to me and receive at the same time. Why? Because your natural mind and your spirit are two separate things. That's why you can actually pray in the Holy Ghost and think about a topic at the same time. You can think over things and pray in the Holy Ghost unless all of your praying's coming from your mind, and that's when people have a trouble with it. Learn to yield and to flow in the Holy Spirit. I, you know, I can pray in the Holy Ghost and drive a car. I can pray in the Holy Ghost, you know, and I can be in the middle of ministry. Right? I can let that flow of the Spirit in. Actually, that's how I preach, is I allow the flow of the Holy Spirit to give me the words that I'm speaking in English. I'm yielding to Him, and that's what makes it anointed, is that flow of the anointing. You can listen to me right now, and God's pouring out in you right now. He's still pouring out. But see, what happens is many times people want to get back to the logic that I'm saying instead of opening up their spirit, man, to receive what I'm saying. See, what I'm saying is not just the words, it's the anointing 
that's flowing through the words. The words are just carrying, a, carrying that anointing into your life. It's not the logic, it's that anointing. So you can stay open and yielded while I'm ministering, and you can actually hear me and receive at the same time. Don't try to figure that out. I'm just telling you, you know, from the word that it's possible. And so uh, what happens, the reason I pointed that out is I could sense it. As soon as I said amen, you stopped receiving. In the prayer, while I was praying for you, and while you were praying, you were receiving. And as soon as you said amen, you went back to thinking. Stay receiving all the time, you know, like a radar dish, but you don't have to point a certain direction. <laughs> God's just always downloading. Stay receiving all the time. Glory to God. I know today was greater, uh, took longer than normal, uh, but I just, I praise God. And see, this is one of those things. And, uh, you know, right now is when we, a lot of times people don't receive because they haven't yielded. They haven't yielded themselves. You know, we'll yield our mind, we'll yield our flesh, but we also need to yield our finances. It's something where we say, Lord, I yield myself. See, a lot of people don't have fullness in their finances because they've not yielded their finances. They haven't taken their, their checkbook and said, hey, God, this is yours, not mine. I yield it to you. And so they won't sow, they won't do different things. But when we say, Lord, this is yours, you, you tell me what to do. And all of a sudden, now God can flow, and there's always excess. <laughs> there's always excess in God. And so we give you an opportunity. You do not have to sow, but you are welcome to. And uh, you can go to giveww.org, and you can sow one time, or you can partner with us. Or you can go to, um, in, if you're on Facebook, you can do hashtag donate, followed by the amount. I see that several people have sown already. I see that, Miss Janet, thank you so very much. And I praise God for it. We just want to pray over everybody that's sowing. And the word also says this. If you've received something, you should sow. You know, it gives us this context. If you have received something, you should sow where you have received. Or uh, the word also shows us this context. If this is something that you want to happen in your life, like what we talked about today, you want to walk in it more, then you should definitely sow something into that. You're sowing on purpose. Lord, I need this opened up and unlocked in my life. You should sow on that. The amount's completely up to you and the Lord. You know, that I, I don't care what it is, but it is important that we sow, even if it's a small amount or a big, even if it's a big amount. It's, what's important is that we recognize the source of God as God being the source and we're honoring him in it. So on Facebook, hashtag donate, followed by the email, or giveww.org. And we just praise God for you. Lord, right now we just pray over every seed that people sow. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you so much that they are partnering with us. And according to your word in Philippians, let the grace that's on this ministry and the grace that's on my life, Lord, let it come on to every sower in Jesus' name. Lord, let all the good stuff from my life come on them and none of the bad stuff. <laughs> if I missed it, let none of that come on them, but only the good. Lord, feed them. Feed them that grace because they had, they had the leading to say, I want to be a part of what, what's right in Lunch Plus and Pastor Brian's doing. I want to be a part of it, and I'm showing that with my seed. And since they said that, Lord, Lord, open up grace to them. Supernatural favor and grace in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Father, we praise you and we worship you, and we give you glory. Lord, let it be pressed down, shaken together, running over, 
and let them have a supernatural supply. And in Jesus' name, from this day forward, strengthen them, empower them by the Holy Ghost to get out of their head. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Thank y'all for being on with us. Thank you for those of you who have sown seeds. Uh, Miss Susie, I see in the comments that you put up donate 25. You actually have to do the, the hashtag sign, the, the ampersand. So if you put that first, that'll allow that seed to go through. But we just thank you all for being on with us. Join us back tomorrow at 11.30 a.m. for another brand new episode of Lunch Plus. It's going to be a good one. You're not going to want to miss it. And just as a reminder, February 7th is Kickstart 2021, the 7th through the 12th, and we want you to be a part of it. If you have any questions about anything, send us a message. Send us anything that you've got, and we want to help you get more and more connected with Jesus. We love you. We're praying for you. We believe in you, and we'll see you tomorrow at 11:30 a.m. right back here.